we can't afford to take the foot off the pedal now. This is this is the event to make it happen, and uh, we need to we need to keep pushing, keep fighting. Hey everybody, and welcome to Connecting ALS. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Stevenson. My co-host is Jeremy Holden, and we appreciate you joining us once more on the show. This week, Jeremy, we're continuing our spring theme. Last week, we talked a little baseball and the excitement around Lou Gehrig Day. This time, we're getting ready for the walk to defeat ALS as chapters around the country prepare for another unique year of community events. That's right, Mike. This is the time of year where walk teams across the country are gearing up for the spring walk season. You know, last year was the 20th anniversary of the walk to defeat ALS as a national signature event. And it turned out to be a transformative year as walk teams grappled with the COVID-19 pandemic and really embraced the creativity uh, throughout the community and finding ways to continue to walk to defeat ALS. And, and as we'll learn today, walk your way. We spoke to association board member and St. Louis walk chair, Dave Vanderreet about his involvement with the walk. And then we connected with Kendra Albers of the Greater Chicago Chapter to discuss some of the creative ways that she has seen Walk to Defeat ALS teams come together and walk their way in spite of unique challenges during the pandemic. Let's start with our conversation with Dave Vanderreet. Today, we are talking to Dave Vanderreet, a resident of St. Louis, Missouri, and a member of the ALS Association's Board of Trustees. Welcome to Connecting ALS, Dave, and thanks for taking the time to join us today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We brought you on today to talk about the Walk to Defeat ALS, the world's most successful and recognizable awareness and fundraising event in the fight against ALS. We're going to cover what the last year has been like for walk events as we approach the 2021 walk season. But before we go any further, Dave, you're someone who has been involved with this cause for more than 20 years. Could you tell our listeners about your connection to the disease and how you got involved with the association? Yeah, sure, Mike. Um, my father was diagnosed with ALS back in 1995, and he passed away in July of 2000. And mm -hmm. I had heard an advertisement on the radio for the local Walk to Defeat St. Uh, in St. Louis. Yep. And this was the first year it was held, and and it had the advertisement talked about the walk being a couple of weeks prior to him passing away. And I remember hearing it thinking, I wish we could be a part of that, but right now isn't the time because sure. we were getting near the end. So when 2001 came along and we looked into it a little bit more, we thought, what a great way for our family to sort of honor his memory, be a part of the fight against ALS, but also it was close to the anniversary of his passing as well as uh, right after Father's Day. So it was really a, a nice combination of things that we could memorialize him, um, you know, be part of the fight. And that's that's when we got involved back in 2001. We were very fortunate to have a successful walk team. And I think it was 2005, I was asked as the team captain if I would be interested in joining the board uh, in, in St. Louis. And I said, yes. And I joined the board that, that year in 05. And about six months later, I found out that I was the new walk chair for the event in St. Louis. Nice. And it's a position I still hold today. So from 2006 through 2021 here in St. Louis, it's, it's, been, it's been just a, a wonderful experience to be a part of. And 
Um, I also became the board chair in St. Louis and then just last year was asked to join the National Board of Trustees for the ALS Association. So it's been, to, to think back where we started hearing that commercial on the radio back in June of 2000, to think right. here we are today, it's what a journey it's been. Yeah, and, and of course, thank you so much for your, for your service to the cause, to the fight. Um, you've been an inspiring uh, presence all these years. You know, you talk about the journey and the experience that you've had participating in walks, being the walk chair. Last year was obviously uh, unique in many aspects of life, but in big events, certainly the walk to defeat ALS. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what that looked like from your perspective. Well, early in the year, we we knew that the walk was going to change, right? As, as the world felt like it was caving in around all of us. Mm-hmm. And that certainly the idea of having an in-person event quickly went out the window. And we moved locally, I know, moved to discussions of going to the virtual events. Now, the walk in St. Louis is earlier in the walk season than a lot of chapters throughout our association have the walk. So there were chapters such as Chicago were one of the big they were, I believe, the earliest big walk. And we worked together with chapters to say, how is this going to look? And out of those conversations came this, this idea of really a motto, if you will, to say, walk your way. Mm. And I have to admit, as the walk chair in St. Louis, I, I really had my doubts as to how that would resonate. Because right. normally and anybody who's been at one of one of these amazing events it's such a sense of community you know yeah. being in these parks and to yeah. see people who are are walking with a loved one who maybe was just diagnosed they're walking in honor of that person you walk past other teams who are walking in memory of people and it always struck me that when you walk throughout a walk site and you you hear these snippets of conversations from teams sometimes their stories are punctuated with laughter mm-hmm. and sometimes punctuated with tears, mm-hmm. but you hear this underlying, this underlying passion for the cause. And to think that we wouldn't be able to potentially duplicate that with this walk your way um, uh, idea was, was very difficult for a lot of us to, to really get our, our hands around. But then when we, it actually came time for it, it, it became such a special event. And I readily admit that I didn't see the full potential for this kind of event to be as successful as it, as it was mm. to the idea to take walks all throughout the community instead of one big walk to have literally hundreds of walks in some cases throughout a metropolitan area, yep. people walking with their, you know, in their neighborhood, you know, we had some people I know who walked around their basement, you know, I mean, whatever, but, the, yeah. but that sense of community was every bit as powerful, just expressed in a different way. And, and I think it was powerful enough that I believe that we are going to, for the foreseeable future, we're going to have to have a virtual component to this because mm-hmm. I think there's some people who say it's maybe they, they're, they have a ALS patient in their family and it's just too difficult to get that person ready to go and transport them what a what a great way to maybe have a parade go by in front of their house and they can come out and see that and and the the variety of ways and the creativity of people throughout our association the people who really make 
the difference the, the volunteers and those people who make up the teams I, I they surpass my wildest <laughs> hopes for how this would have turned out yeah and i think uh, you really hit it on the head there dave the, the sense of community and the creativity was so impressive last year and we saw it all over the country different teams and families coming up with ways to walk their way and in our experience, I definitely think social media played a big part, as it does in so many yeah. things. But in your community there in St. Louis, were teams kind of communicating that way and sharing some of their tips and, and different ways that they were going to walk their way? And, and you still were able to get that sort of sense of community and togetherness, even though it was virtual? Yeah. In fact, we, we, we really put a premium on having, for example, members of our walk committee, our, our longstanding participants, upload videos to say why I walk. You know, which which was it really helped provide that community to hear these heartfelt stories that that people would say you know I I'm walking because you know I, I've had four members of my family die of this and and hear people tell that story you know and and over and over again these stories or you know my somebody saying oh my mom just got diagnosed last year and we wanted to be a part of this and and it it really was powerful because in the traditional walk setting, a lot of the chapters have a walk kickoff. And and those those can be very powerful events. They can. They can be very, very useful. But I don't think we are able in those situations to engage nearly the way we were last year by the use of social media. Then subsequently on the day of we had we were asking people to upload videos of walk your way. You know, and, and so you'd see these <laughs> almost street bazaars going on, you know, it's just street, street fairs going on. And, and I, I know someone locally, they got the, the local fire department to come through in a parade and they had, you know, balloons. And I, I mean, it was, it was amazing seeing how people sort of personified their passion for the cause in the way they walked, walk your way. <laughs> and it, and it, and it really, it really was powerful. And I'm, I'm glad to admit that I was completely wrong and this way overshot how powerful I thought it would be. It sounds like the best way to be wrong. Uh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, you talked about how the virtual component will be something that is probably part of walks going forward. We're at an interesting time right now as we have this conversation, uh, you know, we're at a, a steady clip of vaccines being put into arms. We're starting to see some rollbacks of some of the quarantine rules that were put in place. Where is WALK in 2021? What is it going to look like in terms of in-person events, virtual? What's that mix going to look like? I have to think that certainly the the early part of this year, and I, I can't speak for individual chapters uh, who maybe have not made that decision yet, but I have to think that the majority of the events early this year are going to primarily be virtual again. I know that's in St. Louis. Uh, I know we, we have the event traditionally in, in our largest city park and they have a cap of 500 people. Well, hmm. we have between three and 5,000 at that event. And I think there's something else that as an association that we need to be aware of. And I think we are and do a good job of this, which is we are, I believe, the leading voice on ALS, the ALS Association, the only, the only, the only national not-for-profit devoted to ALS and with care services and research and all the advocacy efforts we do, we need to be a voice for what's 
truly in the best interest of our pals. Mm -hmm. And so I think if there's a question about how safe it is, we need to be out front saying, because out of abundance of care and because we know what a challenge this would be for anyone, much less somebody with the complications of having ALS, we need to make sure that we're doing the best thing first and foremost for our pals, which we've always done. Absolutely. And as uh, you and Jeremy were alluding to, we do hope that we're able to return to more in-person events as the year goes on. But of course, the safety of the community will continue to be the number one priority. But getting to see firsthand the creativity of those involved in the walk last year was a powerful and inspiring thing like you talked about. And regardless of how it happens in each community this year, we're confident that we're going to see families across the country continue to come together for the walk to defeat ALS. You've got the St. Louis walk scheduled for the end of June right now, Dave. Are you are you looking at a solely virtual event? Are you going to try and do some sort of hybrid? It's most likely going to be a, a virtual event sure. again, just because of the the, the cap. Yep. It's it, it's it's too difficult to pull off a whole event like that yep. with trying to get everything together in six weeks. And again, we we want people to concentrate. And have the certainty on what this event's going to be to to concentrate on getting people out and and their fundraising efforts because we know how important this walk is to the association we know how important it is to each and every chapter and whether it's virtual or in person or hybrid this walk has to work and it's got to yeah. work in in every one of our communities because it is it is truly the difference maker for a lot of chapters in the bottom line caring for our pals. Dave, as you reflect back on the 20 years you've spent working with the Walk to Defeat ALS, where do you draw inspiration as we set forward into the spring 2021 walk season? Truly the most amazing part of the walk to me is each and every year when you see the number of pals who are in the middle of the fight against ALS and they take the time to put together a team and to raise money and awareness for this cause. And the sad, sad reality of this, of this disease is that most of their direct efforts will not benefit them in any way. Mm. And it's to benefit those who may not even have been diagnosed yet. And I think of the amazing example of selflessness, courage, and love that pals who come out and are a part of this each and every year, I... I truly am honored to see that. So when somebody says, oh, you've, you've been a part of this for 20 years, that, that's, that's remarkable. It's like I have gotten way, way more out of this because of the kind of people and examples of, of goodness that you see each and every year at, at this event. So I would encourage everyone that if this, if this, is, if this is your first year, I would say welcome. If it's your you know, your 10th year, your 15th year, thank you for being part of this, but please be a part of it because it's more important than ever before. And we, and uh, I always say, we can't afford to take the foot off the pedal now. This is, this is the event to make it happen. And uh, we need to, we need to keep pushing, keep fighting. Thanks again so much for your time today, Dave. We really appreciate your insight into the walk and everything that you've done for the St. Louis community and for the ALS association around the country and helping keep the walk to defeat ALS out front, uh, raising money and awareness in the fight against ALS. Mike and Jeremy, I appreciate you both having me on, on this podcast and giving me the opportunity to talk about a walk and a cause that means so much to all of us. And, and I just 
tell everyone good luck this walk season and, and let's continue fighting. So thank you. Thanks again to Dave Van Der Reet for his time. Let's listen now to our chat with Kendra Elbers. Today we are talking to Kendra Elbers, Director of Development with the Greater Chicago Chapter of the ALS Association. Welcome to Connecting ALS, Kendra. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. We brought you on to talk about all things Walk to Defeat ALS and the Walk, of course, uh, the association signature event, the most successful and recognizable awareness and fundraising event in the fight against ALS. Let's start with last year. The pandemic made in-person events in 2020 nearly impossible to pull off, and for good reason, as organizers around the country wanted to ensure the safety for all involved. Kendra, what sort of considerations did you all make for the walk last year, and were you able to successfully uh, work a virtual event? Well, first of all, I was in complete denial. I really (laughs) believed the two-week, you know, like, oh, in two weeks, we'll go back to normal and life will be great. And so that's just kind of how I started. Our first walk is the first weekend in June. Mm. And so when we went home, if you will, in the middle of March, I was like, all right, we're opening back up April 1st. This is great. We can still have our kickoff on April 7th. No big deal. And, you know, about April 1st, I realized this is not happening. And so we quickly, the word of 2020 pivoted Mm. into you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to make something still happen? Because as you know, with ALS, this may be the only chance our individuals living with ALS have to participate in the walk. They may not be here next walk season. And we have a very high participation of individuals living with ALS that come to our walks. And so we wanted to make sure that we didn't forget why we were doing this. And, you know, it may not be what we wanted, this big giant walk in Chicago, but we needed to have something that would work for our, for our families. And so we decided to launch a mini walk program in just a couple of days, Mm -hmm. which basically we empowered folks to create their own walks, you know, whether it was with their neighborhood, with their families, if they just want to do it on their own, again, like it was so much was still unknown when we kind of went this route that we were very much cautious about it's not so much social distancing, it's physical distancing because our folks need that social interaction. And as did all of us as the weeks progressed. So, you know, we launched that and then we kept it through the fall. We didn't feel comfortable going back in the fall. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we made the right call. A lot of chapters didn't go back either in the fall. And so, you know, we still did our mini walks. Then we kept them on the dates that the walks would have happened. So that, you know, those walks kind of keep their weekend to themselves. But yeah, yeah, we just, we just went with it. But I was in denial for a long time. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think you were alone in denial for that, for that period of time. Uh, But, you know, as we head into 2021 walk season, um, what what are the Chicago walks going to look like this year? So we are going to remain with our mini walk platform. We are not going back to any in-person events yet. We have one fall walk that is very corporate heavy and they would really like to be back in person. Hmm. But just at this point in time, I'm I'm too nervous to, to announce that yet. And so we have decided to move forward with the mini walks in the event that any walk changes, it would be that one that has been asking, but that's not until September and it would be a hybrid. I think at this point, they're always gonna be a hybrid because mm. we had too many people that enjoyed being able to do their own thing. Yeah, And so that's just how it's gonna continue. 
Yeah, and I think, Kendra, one of the silver linings that a lot of the chapters saw last year was um, in talking about walking your way. So many teams were very creative and original with the ways that they, you know, gathered in small groups or walked around their own neighborhood or even just at home. What kind of creativity did you see in the Chicago chapter? I bet there were a lot of teams who came up with some good stuff. Our theme is superheroes. So it was really fun to see some of our teams actually have superheroes that came to their mini walk to cheer them on. We have a high school soccer team that always comes and volunteers at the walk, but obviously this year they couldn't. And so the team lined the streets for one of our individuals living with ALS that had just passed away Mm. and to cheer on the family to keep going. And so that was really cool to see all these high school boys, you know, standing there. They had their arms apart. So it was six feet apart, um, you know, cheering them on. We had one team that they had time slots. You could sign up from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And every half hour was a different like activity. They had different superheroes. They had the balloon arches. They had like just fun entertainment going all day long. I know this year we have um, quite a few teams that are bringing in the food trucks to finish their walk. We really identify with a sunflower. So it was really cool seeing how many teams incorporated that into their walk. And Mm. It was just really fun to see their creativity and what they do and how we can implement that back into our big walks when the time comes. Sure. Kendra, I'm struck by the distinction you drew between social distancing and physical distancing uh, a a moment ago. What role did social media play in trying to create that sense of community, even if a big mass of people couldn't all come together? Social media was huge. And we are very lucky in Chicago to have Samantha Porter, who is our, I call her my social media guru. She created amazing materials that really helped spread the word. But then we also created a communication calendar. And so folks knew, like on Wednesday, we were going to update the websites. On Tuesday nights, we would be on Facebook Live. On Thursday nights, we would create a video. Like we tried to always have something. Now, whether or not people wanted to engage with us, you know, sometimes we'd have like three people and one would be my mom, one would be my dad, one would be my sister. That's a three. But, you know, we still would have people, We they knew we were always there for them. And we definitely use social media more than we ever had before, Mm -hmm. ever before. Yeah, so important uh, to maintain that sense of togetherness and community in a virtual way. And a lot of the teams did respond to that and were grateful to have that connection still. Speaking of those teams and so many of the amazing, inspiring leaders of those teams and their families and networks, what sort of feedback did you hear from the teams uh, last year and then heading into this year as you're planning your mini walks and, and, and more virtual events? What sort of things are they saying and talking about getting ready for another year of walking in this way? So I've been in the nonprofit sector for almost 20 years and I've never had an event where there hasn't been anything negative like directed at us right away. Mm. You know, whether it's things that you can control or not control, someone sure. always has something negative to say. That's just the nature of the business. But Last year, I didn't hear a single thing. So whether they sold it to someone else, they didn't tell it to me. And everyone just really loved it. You know, specifically for our Chicago walk, they have to bus in. So they have to park, they have to bus in, you know, then they do it and they bus back out. And so just taking that element out where people didn't have to travel to the bus lot, then to ours, then back, then home. I mean, it gave people so much time back in their day. And so some of our largest and long-standing teams, which I was most worried about this big change, they're the ones who loved it. I felt bad for our new teams 
because they didn't ever get to experience the big walk. And now they have to just create something. And, you know, while we're there to help them, they don't have that background to go off of, of what a walk day would normally be like. And so for them, I felt really kind of bad, but they were also the ones that were super creative and kind of took it. And they're the ones that are really amping up for year two. And our tagline is coming to a neighborhood near you. That was last year. And so this year we made the two into the number two to kind of like signify that it's our second year and just kind of a play on words. But hopefully next year we're actually back in person. But again, it'll always be a hybrid from this point out, I feel. Yeah, and we've heard that in, in so many facets of the of the work that the association does, whether it's use use of telehealth for uh, for clinics, or uh, in, in this case, use of the virtual option for walks going forward. Uh, as we look ahead to uh, coming to your neighborhood part two, what are you most looking forward to this this walk season? I'm looking forward to hopefully being able to actually go to some of our walk sites. Last year in the fall, I was able to go to a couple, but we had this grand plan of doing like the prize patrol caravan, like where you go and you take a dessert and we had different levels for what we would bring. And that just couldn't happen. And people didn't feel safe with that happening. So I'm really looking forward to doing that this year. I also am excited because our superhero supply boxes that we sent out last year, we've kind of up to them this year. So I'm super excited for people to get them next week and just for their creativity, like just seeing how they've taken this program and they've exceeded our wildest expectations on what we thought, you know, we thought we were just creating where they would just walk around their block and, you know, just what they've done with it is super cool and rewarding to see. Yeah, you can't really overstate how inspiring and impressive it is to see the ALS community continue to come together year after year in the Walk to Feed ALS. And when faced with even more adversity than normal, uh, with the pandemic going on, really stepping up and ensuring that this walk continues to be so central to everything that's done in the fight against ALS, continues to raise money and support services for the association and important research into new treatments. Kendra, thank you so much uh, for your time today and for your insight into the walks in the Chicago area. We look forward to hearing more about how things play out this year for y'all and and can't wait to see some of the cool photos from uh, the Coming to Your Neighborhood shots. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great. I don't know about you, Mike, but I am geared up. I'm ready to go. Uh, Looking forward to seeing the creative ways that folks, uh, listeners at home and folks across the country find to continue to walk their way. All right, that's going to conclude this episode of Connecting ALS. As always, we'd appreciate it if you subscribe to the show at ConnectingALS.org or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you found us on social media to share your feedback about the show on Facebook and Twitter, we'd appreciate that as well. This episode was produced by Garrett Tiedemann of the Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota chapter of the ALS Association. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll connect with you again soon. (laughs) 